And that's why Girls Aloud, Sound of the Underground, gives me a hard on to this day. Apologies, folks. I did not realise that uh, the the tannoy was on. I'm your captain, Niall Murray speaking. You're once again flying this as a solo. We're off to a bit of a bumpy start. Plenty to talk about, as usual. Uh, Champions League is back, baby. Difficult fixtures tonight. Uh, bit of a scandal in the Manchester United dressing room that will be addressed. Along with that, we've got friends of the show question. We've got a tier list that is being added to on the week. It's getting even better than it already is. I'd say we'll address, obviously, some of the worst predictions I made. Which mostly went wrong on the podcast, to be fair. In my defence, I will I will hold my hands up and say I got some stuff wrong. As is to be expected, I am merely a human. But I also got a lot of, got a lot of stuff right. Okay, let's get into it. Tonight, the Champions League returns. There is a fixture. Manchester United play Paris Saint-Germain. This is a big one. This is a revenge game for them, but it's also a revenge game for a lot of the fans who were very aware at the time that the board had just hired Ollie Gooder-Silkshire because he beat this mob. There's a matchup I'm looking to isolate in my discussions. Uh, that's Neymar versus Aaron Wan-Bissaka. It would appear that in a real role reversal for Wan-Bissaka, it's looking like the ball is going to be put between his legs a few times tonight. I imagine he's going to have a rough evening and will soon want it to end. For those of you that aren't aware, Aaron Wan-Bissaka had a baby mama drama. That was unintentional. That will, that, that will not be included in any of the bores of this week's two episodes. Uh, but Wan-Bissaka has apparently got a woman up the duff and is, he's decided he's he's dipping. He's out. Got a goal at the weekend too. He was on a real, real... He was back back to the imperious Wan-Bissaka we saw last year. And now he's got Instabaddy's fucking... Giving him issues because he's a fucking dunce. Not good. Not a good wee look for our right back. Along with uh, Wambasaka, we've got other interesting matchups such as Edison Cavani hasn't travelled to face his former employer, which is probably the only reason we could ever fucking sign that book would be for corporate espionage to see how they're doing things. Because he's certainly not going to be good up front. Martial can play after the fact he couldn't play in the league at the weekend because of his three-match ban. It's going to be a very interesting fixture. Uh, they played on Friday. They beat Nîmes 4-0. I don't know if they played their classic PSG pre-Champions League 11 where they end up playing just a load of fucking Ronalds. I can't imagine they would have played a, a strong lineup. I doubt Neymar would play. Mbappe did play. If I recall, because I'm nearly certain I... I only ever know Mbappe played because he's scored two goals and I see it on Instagram. Because I would rather fucking 
die a very, very vicious death than watch League on football. The Uber Eats League on. Sorry, I misspoke. There are no real other good fixtures tonight. Chelsea play Sevilla. And Sevilla are going to be shite. But when they do come up against an English team after they drop down as third in the group, trust them to win the fixture 3-1 over two legs. God, that Sevilla team is the Europa the Europa League juggernaut. What other big fixtures are tonight? Barca play a team that I can't pronounce and I'm not going to try and pronounce. Oh, I might try and pronounce it, you know. I would like to point out that for those of you that aren't going to understand what I'm about to say, their badge is green. They play... Frank Varos. I think I got that. I feel like that was about right. Juve playing the early kickoff. One of my favourite footballing narratives is the Eastern European Early Champions League kickoff. Because I have never, ever, in a billion years, remembered they were on. So even though I'm talking about it now, an hour before the football kicks off, I will forget. And I will forget to watch the Juve game. And it won't be my fault. These things happen. I'm but a man. Uh, they also, of course, will not be featuring my accumulator because even though it's not a half 12, still technically an early kickoff. Speaking of my accumulator, at the weekend, I gave you some gems. I gave you some shit. These things happen. This is life. My bet was. Celtic minus one. That was legitimately dust before the fucking... Before the program was over, Celtic minus one was dust. And then everything else did reasonably well. Everything else did reasonably well, and I'm perfectly happy with, with how it went. I had Atleti minus one. Bad hit. I had Manchester United minus one. That may be scraped in, but it still hit. Uh, and then I had a Byron Bet Builder of Sané anytime. That did not hit. And I know you're thinking, oh, the bet's lost it. He didn't play. Fuck yous. So that outcome was voided. I think we lost something like 7 to 10. Sounding anytime. So it went down to just over two cards, over eight corners, and barred by two or more. It came in handy. They won 4-1 against Armenia Byfield. I think it was Lewandowski 2, Miller 2. I didn't watch the game, I watched Dortmund. So, for the first stack I watch, 3 out of 4, and the other one that didn't hit, was written before I saw the Celtic team sheet. I didn't address it. But it was written before I saw the Celtic team sheet, and if we're being honest... In the spirit of what I like for this show, which is transparency among listeners, I might have been slightly biased against Rangers. This is something I will admit only once. I'm... I'm sorry. Because I'm not sorry. Fuck them. I don't give a fuck. And most importantly, fuck Steve Davis. Not great, great snooker player Steve Davis, but mediocre snooker commentator. You know exactly what Steve Davis I'm talking about, and fuck him. I did 
indeed have the greatest fantasy Premier League of all time. I got 87 points this week and have cut the deficit in all of my leagues. I am I'm coming for the top 10k. I told you I would be. My team was anchored by the captaining of Harry Kane. That was I know I know what you're thinking. Genius now. Absolutely. What a mercurial man you are. You have you have a brain the like of which will not be seen in years to come. Human Son performed the late genius edition of Marcus Rashford, who I knew would be playing up front. Could have paid dividends more if Bruno Fernandes wasn't a shit bastard and had scored that penalty for the extra assist. And also, if Fantasy Premier League hadn't decided to give a bloke who got a goal, assist and a penalty miss more points than the guy who got a goal, two assists and fucking won the penalty that the other guy missed. Not one bit happy about that. Not one bit happy. But, strong week. In NFL fantasy talk, DFS, oh I smashed. It was a good week. Uh, in terms of my season long team, I prefer not to speak. But, in great news for friend of the show, who obviously no one has ever no one has ever learned his real name, but he does masquerade as the horn job. Uh, he got his first victory of the season over Brother Emmett. So it was a real tough matchup to watch, as you know, two two great friends of the show facing off against each other. But in a very low scoring affair, the horn job secured his first win of the season. They always do. Also, a very sad day. I have, I believe, officially retired from Call of Duty Warzone. I have decided I've reached an age now where it's important for me to indulge in more mature practices. And playing Call of Duty all day just isn't one of them. Which is why I've taken my talents to FIFA 21. And if any of you bums want smoke, you know where to find me. It's over at the big PP97 on PlayStation. God, I am a comedic genius. My Premier League predictions? Some were okay. Some were not okay. Eh? It was a tough week. What can I say? I told you. The most unpredictable week in Premier League history. Oh. Also... I I failed to address it in Saturday's podcast despite despite seeing it and knowing the facts. And for that I apologize, it's it's a blunder on my part. So that's why here in the podcast studio that I call home the next segment will be a four second moment's silence for the recently deceased Virgil van Dyke. So obviously, Virgil, what a what a great guy. Not overrated in the slightest. Not even a wee bit. Had a very unfortunate injury at the weekend. It actually is, it is very unfortunate to see one of the league's best players go down. Like Emmerich Laporte or Kevin De Bruyne. Like City had the last two years. But obviously very important to note that neither of them play for Liverpool. So, obviously, it's a completely different circumstance 
when that is the case. Because this Liverpool team, oh, they're just such a nice bunch of blokes. As the literal media cabal that all played for Liverpool would love to tell you. Graham Souness, me and you are going to have it out. And, no, I'm not, I'm not going to try and fight an old man. I'm going to go, I'm going to get the technology. I'm going to purchase a time machine. And I'm, instead of going back and killing Hitler or whatever, I'm going back to the mid-80s and I'm kicking your cunt in. I'm going to punch the moustache off your fucking face. I hate everything you've said about football in the last seven years. But I've held my tongue. But when you have the absolute unmitted goal to go, uh, dangerous challenge, could, could have really seriously done a lot of damage to the boy. Could have been really, really long-term implications for his, his health. Fuck you, Graham. You were a narky wee cunt as a player. And you're a narkier big cunt as a fucking pundit. And if I'm ever in a situation where it's me and you in some sort of televised debate. By God, I hope you do your research. And by God, I hope you bring a gun and 15 bullets. Because that's the only way you're getting rid of me. You fucking old cunt. Back in my day, fuck you. Fuck all the back in my day brigade. I did mention that uh, the Liverpool brigade are very, very damaging to football. However, one player that has been perfectly consistent on the topic of Virgil van Dijk's injury, despite usually having a great deal of bias, is friend of the show Jamie Carragher. I think he's been absolutely fantastic with dealing with it. He acknowledged that he too made a lot of really clumsy challenges as a player. But didn't deserve to be arrested for assault or hung as a witch or burnt at the stake or any other of the fucking punishments put forward by the Liverpool mob. Including one bloke who legitimately suggested that Pickford should be suspended as long as Van Dyke is injured. That's an interesting one, lads. It's a very good one. But if we were to adopt the, oh, you should be suspended as long as that player is injured, maybe Liverpool should be suspended for us for a year, for how many innocent fans they've killed, and they start playing football again in twenty twenty four. They are the worst club on the planet. And maybe we did forget this. Because they went fucking missing for 13 years. We heard brief murmurings. In, two thir- in 2009 there was a, a small part of time where there were some Liverpool fans. They, they, had, they had briefly returned. In 2014 there was some Liverpool fans that had briefly returned. I remember the Suarez over Ronaldo narratives. But now, in 2018, all the Liverpool fans returned with a new emphasis on defensive striking and that nobody could touch their beloved players. God fucking forbid. Virgil van Dijk's not a delicate flower, lads. Virgil van Dijk's 6'5 and stacked. 
and he puts it about the pitch. He uses every fucking bit of his frame to potentially injure attackers. I don't think he's a malicious player. But he has multiple instances where he has caused harm. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that Trent Alexander-Arnold did Leroy Sané the best player in the world's ACL. Let's not forget that. At least, with your cuntiness, have a shred of consistency. Consistency, if you will. But, if your only objective is to just alienate yourself with every other footballing faction, congratulations, you've fucking done it in spades. I can't wait till this all falls apart. Because this club's whole existence hinges on one German man. And the second he goes and takes that Germany job, your whole club falls to fucking bits again. And I can't fucking wait. I cannot wait. It will be the best day of my existence. Even if United are still shit, knowing that you pack of wankers are down there with us, oh, it'll be fine with me. I live happy. I sleep easy at night, knowing that if we're not winning, neither are you. So that was a nice wee sentiment I have about Liverpool fans. Uh, obviously not all of are that bad. The ones that rate Roberto Firmino, pretty bad. But the ones I have seen on social media... That bloke that threatened to do in Pickford, honestly, mate, you're five foot nine. And although Pickford has T Rex arms that fancy him in that fight, and I will co promote, me and Eddie the Hearn's Hearn can get that sorted. Like, if you want to see some sort of boot. But yes, that, that will be the final word on the Liverpool topics. I don't want to hear, come May time, that. With Virgil van Dijk, it would have been a different season. Virgil van Dijk was just part of a defence that shipped seven goals to Aston Villa. Let's not listen to that. Let's not hear that. Oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, boys. I think we're ready to get into the tier list and the friend of the show discussion. The tier list this week is brought by... Well... He is a man... He is known only as the horn job. And he gets a lot of free press off this show. Uh, but he suggested for the tier list just foreign Celtic strikers. I like the topic. I'm not going to lie to you. I like the topic a lot. So, first of all, we're going to do current. French Eddie. He's going in the second tier of the tier list. Which, as you know, is absolutely excellent. Uh, French Eddie goes there. And that might be recency bass. That could be. Uh, no, I'm not going to lie to you. That could be a wee, a wee touch of recency bass on my part. But uh, wee Freddy has been a revelation. And he was greatly missed at the weekend. Conversely, you have Polish Paddy. Oh, and he can get, he can get till fuck. He's Vern's Roar in the deep end. He is absolutely shite. He was awful at the weekend. Like so, so, so bad. I don't, I don't know why. He was just a, he was a bad wee boy. Uh, so Polish Paddy is in the very bottom tier. Then 
we've got Moussa Dembele. He had his moments for the club. He's a, gr a great servant. Scalped. Many. But at the same time, I think Franchetti is better. I Personal opinion. Uh, it's actually quite, quite a contentious one. So that's why, although I think he's slightly better than a journeyman from Blackburn, it is what the middle tier of this tier list is. So, Odson Edward is an absolutely excellent, but Moussa Dembele, he's in the tier below, in a journeyman from Blackburn. He, he was a great servant, he did a lot of good things, but not, not quite at the level of Freddy. Now we get, in, we get into the king. King Henrik. Ah, I don't know if there's any other way. I don't know if he can go in any other tier. He's played for both of my favourite clubs. Been influential in league title wins for both of them. Stopped Arsenal winning a Champions League. He's done me a lot of footballing favours. I think that Henrik Larsson is very good. This is a real turn up for the book, folks. Two very goods over the first two tier lists. Of course, the two very goods being Henrik Larsson and a, a 37.5 grand bag of walkers. Imagine that as a combo up front. Fuck me, there'd be a lot of goals and a lot of taste. A lot of good flavour. And that's just Henrik. Finally, more of a cult hero. Jan Venegor of Hesselink. He had the chant. Oh, we were all singing it. De, 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 de. Jan Venegor. Jan Venegor, Venegor of Hesselink. You all remember it. It was, it was Christmas number one one year, I think. As for him, he might have just been a Dutch Nikola Zidic. You all remember Nikola Zidic, who in my opinion, would have been a great journeyman for Blackburn. So Jan Venegor of Hesselink has, I would say, an absolutely excellent chant. Was a bit of a Harry Hill footballer. So it evens out. He goes into the journeyman from Blackburn category. And this is where I struggle. Because I have been keeping a, a sort of record of where everything is on the tier list. And I have absolutely fucked all clue how to spell Jan Venegor of Hesselink. I'm going to give it a go. You might have... You just have 25 seconds just to talk amongst yourselves while I try and spell this. J-A-N-V-E-N-E-G. Is it a double O or a single O? This is this is a big question. Is it a double O or a single O? What am, what am I going to... What am I going to bet myself on? I think it's a double O. O F H E S S E L I N K. Okay, I th I think I have spelt Jan Vanegor of Hesseling correct. I fucking did. Ah, you bastard! I spelt Jan Vanegor of Hesseling wrong, folks. Which put me. I'm a bit of a Harry Hill for that. That's. Ooh, that's a bad way. Bad wee blunder by me. Obviously we get into our Friends of the Show topics. I can't remember who sent in Friends of the Show topics. I will have to go look now. 
Hornjob did also say to talk about whether he would get his first NFL dub uh, against Brother Emmett. He, he got it. Fair play to Okay, Harry has sent in, just saying free agency predictions. Eh, it's a tough free agency to predict. I reckon that it's going to be a case of whoever of the big teams can add one complimentary piece. Like, if one of the Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Nets, or even the Raptors add just one complimentary piece, like for the Lakers or Clippers, it would obviously be an above-average point guard. For the Nets, it would probably be an above-average point guard instead of Kyrie Irving. For the Bucks, would probably be an above-average point guard. Basically, every team just needs to sign Malcolm Brogdon. But unfortunately, that is not possible. So, you've got Gord Dragic is out there. I was like, I, th- I feel like I say that every second episode. The premier free agent is probably Fred Van Fleet. There's so many moving parts to free agency. Like, I know the Hawks have something like 40 million just waiting to move to pair with my man Trae Young. Imagine. Like, if the Hawks get a defensive wing, it's over for the rest of the East. Like, I already... They were previously, as in last season, my playoff lock, I had over 150 quid on it. Bad, 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 bad wee bet. However, we're going back again, baby. If they, if I get anything above six to four, the house is going on. Because those, those Hawks, Trey Young's just going to be at the logo all, whoosh, all season. So, as for pre-agency, it's very tough to predict. Too many moving parts, new coaches. Fred Van Fleet could very well end up in L.A. And he could become a nine-point-a-game scorer, or he could continue being the pretty excellent guard we've seen following the birth of his son. Who he may be sapping power from, by the way. Like, no one has ever asked the question, why did Fred Van Fleet go from completely average to having a son and being like a 19-point efficient scorer that can also pass? He'd be a very, very worthwhile addition to any team, but... At the same time, could just end up re-signing in Toronto. Giannis could force a trade this off-season. Victor Oladipo could force a trade this off-season. The Sixers could get off assets. Because, let's face it, that team ain't winning anytime soon. They could move on. I feel like the Celtics need to make moves. There's so many... Teams that could be contenders next year. It's for the first time in a long time. It's looking like there is actual balance in the league. Yes, two top five players play in LA. Well, sorry. Three top five players play in LA. If you include the other side of LA with Kawhi. But at the same time, their supporting casts are absolute shite. You're going to have the Warriors resurgent. 
You're going to have the Minnesota Timberwolves future dynasty kicking on this year. It's going to be a great season of basketball. And I look forward to half my listeners, which is of course two people, really liking it. And the other half just going, fuck, would now ever fuck up and just talk about Fantasy Premier League again? And don't worry, I cover all bases. So thank you, Harry, as usual, for your topic. Uh, now, this topic is from is from Mikey Cummings, good good friend of the show. Been to see me do stand up. He's a he's a he's a he's a good friend, regular SSS listener. But I think his sole objective with this question, which is or with this topic, which is. Seven episodes into the podcast was to make me hang myself from a mic stand. His topic is who has had a more disappointing last five years? The Timberwolves or Manchester United? Are you fucking kidding me? I come on here I supply 40 minutes and 13 of which are entertaining. And my own friends of the show are asking me, who has had a more disappointing last five years? The Timberwolves or Manchester United? Let's call call it a draw. But a pretty bad time for both. Not going to lie. Timberwolves showed promise. Acquired Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was a cunt. Things didn't go so well. No. A slight rebuild could potentially go places, but ultimately, very disappointing team currently. Manchester United. Well, looks like they were going places. Had Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho was a bit of a cunt. Eh, then they got rid of him. They looked. Like they were having a week. The parallels here are quite... They're startling. And I'm not sure I like that fact. You have inept coaching. Even more inept backroom management. You have inept players. You have inept fans that think that we're actually going places. Very, very similar alarmingly similar in fact it's been a bad few years for the sports teams that support the Bengals obviously had another great result at the weekend why couldn't we why couldn't I have done podcasts about sports when my sports teams used to be good it would have been much more enjoyable no I have to be a part of the the worst era of Manchester United football in history but I survived I think the more disappointing last five years is definitely Manchester United. The T-Wolves really only made one real personnel mistake. Manchester United made about 80. Well, two. Thibodeau was an awful hire. But at the same time, Manchester United have had... What, in the last five years? When Van Hal signed? Three dot? No, Van Hal was 2014. So, two dot managers... Multiple dud signings, including two. Oh, no, 
just just the two of our own transfer record breaking in the last five years, both of whom were shite. Both teams have spent a lot of money. One of them paid Georgie J. Somehow United still did worse. The last five years, United have done something far worse than the T-Wolves, which is give me hope. I have bought into every... Well, that's that's awesome, not true. But I have bought into a few. I've hated every actual signing. But I've bought into every rumoured signing. Could have been Sancho for me. Like Probably the most disappointing thing of it all. That it could have been Sancho. But... Uh, Tables are starting to give me hope now too. Which means the inevitable disappointment is going to be devastating. D-Book. Oh, he's for me, alright. United is... I have no expectations for any game we ever play now. If... I'm playing against... Manchester United players and... Something as trivial as Fantasy Premier League. I kind of want us to do badly. Because not only will it help me in that, but it will also aid eventual change at the club. Solskjaer has to go soon. So how long can Woodward hold the job? Like He is unilaterally hated by Manchester United fans. Every Manchester... There is a debate amongst fans, Solskjaer in or out, Every fan wants Woodward dust. So how can he hold the job? It doesn't make sense. I'm not even being funny on this topic. Because I'm actually so angry at the club. Wan-Bissaka's new new in might fucking be a Premier League starter before we next win a league. We are going to go on a Liverpool style route if we don't fuck up and soon. There's no ambition at the club. We fucking... We refuse to play the one bright spark we've had this season. Because it doesn't fit into a pre-established system. It doesn't make any sense. I have the tables. They're going places. I like the coaching. I like the personnel. If Cat can stay healthy for a full year... We all know he has a certain new level of motivation from a certain event. The sort of event that made Batman go from a rich a rich young Wayne into a, a bit of a, a bit of a good lad. I'm not I'm not gonna mention the event because obviously being poor taste. But it's gonna be a good season for the tables I imagine. As for Manchester United, we're probably gonna come ninth. But I can't do anything about it. Bar assassinating half the board. And I'm not going to do that. Because. My job as a pilot. I'm going to stop the whole pilot shtick soon by the way. There's only, so, there's only so long you can pretend to be a pilot. Whilst working on a podcast from a bedside table. But. Thank you Mikey for your topic. Thank you for. Making me have to think about that. And ruining my evening. Uh, but. All in all. I've been now Murray. You've been flying since as a solo. Good night.